Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of backdashrow.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. My name is Dan Gorman. I am here with Carlo. Heyo. And you know what that means. It's It's time for some crud. It's Cream of the Crud, where we (laughs) talk about the movies we've been watching. Uh, We will answer questions from the audience. Sometimes we'll talk about notable releases or movies that we've screened. It's a potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged. How are you? Me? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm fine. Um, Yeah, like you just witnessed, cleaning my cat's shit. (laughs) 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 Patrons don't get that just yet. That, that's no. a, that's another tier <laughs> if you want to yeah, see me maybe my, someday <laughs> <the cat shit. laughs> all sickos uh, yeah no i'm good um just uh i'm watching more movies again like mm-hmm. finally I've, I've already watched like uh january isn't over yet but i've already watched like one movie a day if i nice. stop watching now which mm-hmm. You know, it's, I feel like it's been a while. Like last totally. year was a sort of a tokusatsu sabbatical <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? What's I, up? I think I think I'm pacing a little under mm. normal. I'm still watching quite a bit. Like <laughs> I've still watched like a ton of movies, but there's, more than you the know, more there. than, yeah. But there's still, there'll be days where a few days will go by. Like last night I had nothing to do and I was thinking like, what am I going to put on? What movie am I going to put on? And I didn't end up watching anything and i was just like, <laughs> just oh, like browsing yeah <laughs> unable to pick yeah exactly yeah that's terrible like the more movies you watch the more movies you amass mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the harder it gets to pick like i have hard drives and hard drives and some of those hard drives are like i don't know <laughs> like i've named like i've put like a like a little label on one of the hard drives and it's just like tv shows and movies i might never watch but i'm too afraid <laughs> to get rid of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i also recently was given access to a friend's plex um oh. to like test out their connection yeah um and then they just like continued to leave me having access and so i was Sweet. like that made it even worse because there's even more on their plex <laughs> but is there so much there that you can't access yourself or it's just like easy because it's there and you don't have to like find it yeah it's like both it's like they'll have downloaded stuff that i didn't think to download maybe um and then yeah there's stuff where it's like oh i didn't you know i wasn't thinking about watching that but that's a that's a good idea (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, i have access to like a couple of plex servers but i haven't really used them much uh yeah i don't know i have so much of my own shit to watch but i've got the, the nvidia shield pro now Oh, nice. And, and the nice thing about that is I can just, um, like before I had to have like a hard drive uh, plugged into my my, yeah. my laptop and have it running to access Plex on my TV. 
And now the Nvidia Shield is just like hooked up to my TV with a hard drive in there. And it just it is on standby all the time. Yeah. And I don't even like I can have more like remote access to it, which is nice. Like the other day we were having a coffee uh, in town. I was like, oh, I wonder if this works. And I go to like the Plex app <laughs> on my phone. I'm like, oh, look, we can we can watch some anime while we, while we drink coffee off my Plex server at home, yeah. which is just running on the Nvidia Shield. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I know some people that use it like for music for that. Oh, it's just basically their own personal MP3, Spotify, like <laughs> basically. Okay, I didn't know you could do that with yeah with that thing, but I guess because it's like an Android box, it's so versatile. Yeah. yeah. You know what's crazy though about Plex? Um, recently, they released a like news article where they said that they are officially at a point where there are more people using plex as a streaming platform not for their own media just for like their little like free streaming movies or whatever than there are people using them as a media server huh okay so which seemed insane (laughs) yeah it, it kind of seems like we're i don't know how long Will that last? Exactly. Yeah, it's like, of, are we gonna? Are they yeah, just are gonna, we gonna like, get in trouble supporting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope not. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it also Man. seemed like. I wonder if they are cooking those numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> does do they count everyone that's using it as a media server as somebody who has it and is is able to stream free movies off of it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess there's people who do both. So I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I hope Plex doesn't go away or just like becomes this, like gets stricter about that stuff. Like yeah. I, I can probably live without Plex. I've, I have a pre-Plex movie life, so I yeah. know how to do that. It's just nice totally. to have like your own personalized Netflix yeah. or whatever, you know? Exactly. And I, I do know that there's like, if you ever try and like, look something up if you're having a problem with plex and you end up in the plex reddit and it's like full of people who are like they're like not fixing any of these problems and all they focus on is their free movie streaming and like putting their like having it so that you can see if a movie's on netflix or not and Mm -hmm. it's like (laughs) they don't care about us or whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we'll see though i guess yeah we'll see so far so good yeah it was actually how I, um, my having my friends Plex was actually how I watched one of the movies that I'll mention today. And it was a movie that like I've seen before and that I own on VHS, but I was like, I'll watch this again right now because it's in front of me. <laughs> okay, it's a movie you had seen before, but yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Okay, let's uh, let's let's dive straight into our crud cruddy recommendation corner. Actually, crud. I'm gonna mix up the. Uh, mm of the show today yeah Um, more movies to talk about for sure like last time it was a bit you know uh, a bit more of a round table because there were three people talking so Mm -hmm. i just picked out one movie yeah um but like i said i've been watching more so i definitely have more to cover um yeah you know if i go back even further i could probably have even more like uh Mm -hmm. because we didn't do the podcast in october november december year yeah (laughs) all that shit so um but yeah, you know what? What's the, what's the movie you were talking about? The it, was it a rec, is it the recommendation? It is. It is. Okay. 
so the last time I watched this movie was in was like six years ago mm. in like 2016 or something. That's long enough. And so it's from 1987. It's called Morgan Stewart's Coming Home. Okay. It's a John Cryer movie. Yeah, I've never seen that, but I'm I'm aware of its existence. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, it's got like 575 views on on Letterbox. So it's a little under okay. the radar, I would That's say. That's pretty under the radar. Yeah. For I don't know. It's not a. Yeah, I don't know. Just because uh, John Cryer. Did you yeah. just say John Stewart? No, John Cryer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe just like oh yeah, Morgan Stewart. Is yeah. the character's name Morgan Stewart, John Cryer, mixing it up in my head. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm aware of this movie. I'm I'm kind of surprised at those numbers. Yeah, it was filmed before Pretty in Pink and released mm -hmm. afterwards, and oh, it's okay. a uh, Alan Smithy. <laughs> it's an Alan Smithy joint. Yeah. Um, it had two directors. Somebody who was fired, uh, hmm. like after a certain amount of time. Okay. Um, and it's it's. And and I don't know what it says about me, but it reminds me in the sense of like, you know how I really like feds and one yeah. of the reason why I really like feds is because it's such a low stakes FBI. movie yeah, and I love the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic man. Yeah. It's like, it's such a low stakes movie. It's like, so um, like the conflict in it is so not like intense and it's like kind of just like this chill kind of like is, hangout is, movie is this about feds or morgan stewart about movie? feds but it's Both. also about morgan stewart because morgan stewart's coming home is about this kid who's in a boarding school and his parents are like republican um politicians who have kind of like basically not paid attention to their son for seven years mm -hmm. and so he's like never he never goes home for christmas or like anything like that he's always okay. just like staying there and then um when the dad who's like the politician is gonna go into office or something they're like oh now it actually looks good for me to have a son so we're gonna bring you home <laughs> okay yeah um and then he kind of falls in love with this girl and it's just like really kind of like low stakes the romance like so john cryer in this movie is like a horror geek so he's got okay. like all these movie horror movie posters on his wall they he goes to the mall to meet um george a. romero and that's where he meets this other girl who also likes horror movies and so they're always talking about horror movies and stuff is and george a. romero in the movie or is it no just oh okay no. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, it could be, maybe. yeah, but like <laughs> Morgan Stewart gets grounded at one point and and he calls like his girlfriend to be like, I guess this is goodbye forever. And I'm like, because you're grounded? Like <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um but yeah, like finally, like two thirds of the way through the movie. There yeah. ends up being a plot where Paul Gleason is like taking advantage of the family and he's going to blackmail them or something. Uh -huh. And it's so like whatever of a plot. And it's the kind of movie where at the end of the movie, like the bad guys get dunked in water and it's like, that's it. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's so okay. featherweight. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah um, it's, it's strange. Like even like I'm looking at Leatherbox at the movie now and you've seen it. And then one other person is mutual has seen it and that's it. Like no one's yeah. even watch listed it. No one, no one else has seen it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 
it's very shabby. You can tell mm-hmm. two people directed it. You can tell they're like cutting out jokes and cutting around things and stuff because they don't know what the fuck to do with this movie. Um, <laughs> okay. But in in my mind, that has become a feature. It's not a bug. It's just a weird, episodic, kind of charming movie with a good yeah. performance from John Cryer and a bunch of horror movie references. And that's like all I need. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that sounds nice, actually. Like if you're yeah. in the mood for something light and I don't know, like kind of sounds very pleasant in totally certain movie. like uh, i haven't yeah. watched like an 80s movie like that in a long time like uh before i got like really hardcore into movies because of letterbox yeah I, I would uh go back to like um comfort food movies a lot and mm-hmm. stuff like three o'clock high and real genius yeah. adventures yeah. and babysitting you know that was the the go to comfort food. Like yeah. I would not watch a ton of movies, but for example, if I had like a sick day and I feel good, I would just like loop those movies kind of mm-hmm. just to feel I don't know like comforted. Yeah, comfort food. I'm the same way in the sense that like um, when I went to, when I went to film school and like when I first got like into watching tons and tons of movies, I was like all in on the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so recently i was like really craving that exact kind of movie yeah and it's so i feel like it's hard for people like us now where we're like we've seen so much we've seen so many of them and it's like there's there's always more obviously but you're you start to be like i really got to figure out what it is i'm gonna watch and that was why i watched this because i was like i remember liking this i'll see yeah (laughs) is it the movie you grew up with or like no oh no okay so like six years ago that was the first time you watched it then oh okay Yeah. yeah okay totally yeah i mean same for me like those 80s comfort movies like i remember i came pretty late to for example three o'clock high yeah um but then adventures and babysitting is one i definitely grew up with but mm-hmm. you know like growing up uh there's less of a uh i don't know completionist thing yeah if, if, if that is even possible with movies but there's less less of that aspect of movies like you just watch whatever comes your way or what you happen to see in yeah. the video store so yeah you know you miss and there's a lot. something about like the mainstream 80s comfort food movie yeah and that's what i was in the mood for and i also recently watched the wildlife again because i was in that mood where i was like i want like a kind of like not too sleazy not too like pg sort of Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know raucous 80s teen comedy (laughs) yeah you went to wildlife but not fast times yeah is there a reason for that i think i like too much exposure with i saw fast times a lot um yeah. when i was younger and i feel like maybe i'm hitting a point where i'm gonna revisit it yeah yeah yeah. okay but but i did ha- have the wildlife in my mind as like i remember really digging that when i watched yeah, yeah, it yeah. yeah nice yeah yeah i've also had this like recent urge to just i don't know i haven't seen like something like trashy in a while yeah. you know like 80s 90s just like a real b movie so i put on <laughs> Uh, the Invisible Maniac the other day. Oh, yes, yeah. Have you ever seen that one? No, but I saw that you logged it. And I, I was logged like, it, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a Blu-ray release uh, mm-hmm. recently, and I think it came over from VHS. Uh, like, there was no DVD, I'm sure, mm, of The yeah. Invisible Maniac. Um, yeah, you know, directed by Adam Rifkin. I don't know if I can call this a... a, a, a cruddy recommendation because <laughs> it was, i wasn't that impressed by it really it, it feels very much like i i also said in my review uh adam rifkin in sort of jim winorski fred olin ray mode mm. but 
a bit more self-aware, a bit more like, I realize what I'm doing, you know, whereas yeah. in the Marching Front of the Ray Room, we're like, they didn't care about what they were doing. They were just doing <laughs> what they thought was fun or like profitable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Adam Rifkin probably has like, uh, he's probably a bit smarter in, in a way, um, mm-hmm. which I feel doesn't really work for that kind of movie. Like it just needs to be like stupid shit. Yeah. And, and the Invisible Mania kind of, yeah, I don't know. Um, I do respect, like I also said this in my review, that Adam Rifkin, like if you look at his filmography, it doesn't really feel like there's the same movie twice in there. Mm-hmm. Such like wildly uh, different kind I of know. movie. You've got like The Chase, with yeah. Charlie, you know, action movie, which I actually quite like. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, what's it called? The Dark Backward? Backward. Yeah, The Dark Backward. I've never which- seen that. That's a really, really unique movie yeah. with Bill Paxton and Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson plays this like stand-up comedian, hunchback stand-up comedian, and everything is like taking place in this. Uh, I don't know. It almost feels like a like a video game Twilight Zoney, yeah, colorful, creepy, gross alternate universe. It's it's really strange. Yeah, uh, and then if he's got like Psycho Cop Returns. I guess Invisible Maniac is like probably the most similar to Psycho Cop Returns. Okay, because um, it's, it's like a genre riff of some kind. Yeah, like... yeah, like it's it's a riff, but it's also it kind of wants to be both, like mm. a riff, but also wants to be that kind of movie. So it's kind of uh, like pick a side. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> You, you kind of get that sensation. Like uh, Psycho Cop Returns, I also rewatched that a couple of years ago, and I was also like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not like fully convinced by this, but yeah, I don't know." Um, it's, it's I remember it being more fun than the first one. The first one was like a pretty forgettable slasher, um, yeah, from what I recall. But yeah, yeah, not really a recommendation, but that's just what I watched because I had that same craving, you know. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched like a real <laughs> trashy B movie in a while, and. Um, <laughs> like how many are left to yeah. discover at this point you know we've been going hard at, at that kind of shit exactly um, um, so yeah. I so Morgan Stewart's coming home 1987 cruddy recommendation mm. what what else from you okay so like a legit uh, cruddy recommendation hold on I have to check my diary because I, <laughs> I just had it open here okay let's see um I guess this is like a cruddy recommendation. I watched this this movie called um, Hentai Kamen. Uh, okay. The, sec- the second one. There's like yeah. two movies based on, I believe it's like a 1980s manga about this superhero guy who puts like, it is a very Japanese concept. Like <laughs> if I have to explain this, you're, you're going to be like, yeah, that's definitely, that can only come out of Japan. Like it's a guy who puts like a girl's panties over his head and he becomes a superhero. He has like <laughs> superhero powers. He, but there's also like a, like an S and M bondage aspect to it. Um, like he can shoot ropes and stuff kind of like Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man can shoot webs yeah (laughs) and he binds his opponents with the ropes and most of his attacks he does with his crotch which has like (laughs) superpowers and okay so this is all a manga but uh not too long ago like in the last decade this director a comedy director that i that i really like yuichi fukuda um 
has done a lot of like really great um comedy tv shows movies lots of manga adaptations okay. to be honest um i don't know why they took like this 80s manga and and made two movies out of it i remember <laughs> watching the first one a while ago and was like i i can i can see why they did it but i wasn't like fully convinced by like the final product and then I think it was Michelle actually. Like we were going through my plex, and she wanted something light, something stupid. She's like, "Let's watch Hentai Common 2. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, sure, why not?" And had they seen the first one? Uh, I I think I was watching the first one, and she was like probably in the same room. Yeah, like doing what's going on? Other stuff, and like glancing over and being like, "Why is this guy fighting bad guys with his crotch?" Yeah. <laughs> But then for the second one, I feel like they really went all in on, you know, like in classic sequel style, like we don't have to explain anything anymore. We can just mm-hmm. go buck wild with the concept and just deliver nonstop bullshit. Mm-hmm. And what they basically did for the second one is they made a sp- almost a spoof of Spider-Man 2, like Sam okay. Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. But they made that like, you know, all the stuff that I just explained you know, with the crotch mm-hmm. fighting and the and the 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 ropes, <laughs> the bondage ropes shooting and flying. There's even a point in this movie where they go to New York and he's like flying through the you know downtown New York, <laughs> shooting ropes to like traverse <laughs> through the buildings and stuff. I'm like, this is insane. Why why is no one talking about the fact that this fucked up comedy that's a spoof of Spider-Man Two exists? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny to be honest. And it's, it's definitely like really, really lowbrow bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what 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 like the target audience for this shit is, but I think I'm also like more. Um, I've seen a couple of movies by this director now, a couple of TV shows as well with Michelle, and she also enjoy enjoys most of those. And you know, you start to like recognize actors hmm. that this director is always using. And a lot of really funny people. And I've definitely gotten on the same wavelength as that. Like, it's almost like a comedy troupe making those movies and TV shows. So now we're like really attuned to that. And so uh, when we see like one of our favorite like comedy actors in in that troupe show up, we always get a kick out of it. And um, but yeah, Hentai Common 2 is is pretty crazy and fun. Nice. Um, And it's, yeah. It's some bullshit. Do you recommend sure. that people watch the first one first? Uh, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> like, after the first one, they might be like... I mean, even I, when I watched the first one, I was like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm good for now. <laughs> like, it wasn't that great, I remember. But now, having watched the second one, and it was kind of a blast, I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe if I rewatch the first one now, it, I will like it better. Because I remember when, <laughs> when I watched the first one, I hadn't seen that much of that director of that like whole comedy mm. troupe uh ensemble but yeah uh sure watch the first i don't think you really need a ton of context you can just go into the second one but i think a part of it is just getting on that wavelength like yeah uh being attuned to that kind of comedy like you might not expect um that kind of comedy mm-hmm but yeah, I'm I'm I, I love Spider-Man too. It's like it's probably like one of the best um superhero movies and there's not a lot that I really go to bat for, but Spider-Man 2 is just like Sam Raimi at the top of his game. Yeah. Um 
and and the fact that this version of it exists that is made by my favorite like japanese comedy ensemble is just i don't know <laughs> it, it's very much for me <laughs> so nice. yeah, you know watch a trailer see if you're open to it <laughs> based on that yeah why not yeah totally <laughs> uh well speaking of silly and yes and out there uh so this uh month i was given four movies on our crud yeah. challenge in the discord so if you're listening and you want to join in you can go to crudbuddies.club join our discord server we do a thing where every month uh people can pick four movies for you to try and get to that month from your watch list mm, and I should, so i should do that again because yeah. I've, I've got like you, the patrons can see it here but wh where hold on here this is where yeah. i have like I, I bought the two shaw brothers oh, uh, yeah. shaw scope sets mm -hmm. and there's still some stuff there that <laughs> i haven't seen yet yeah and like i was thinking like oh yeah for um working at my physical media backlog the crud yeah, challenge totally. that's perfect a it's not a those. huge list for me yeah but yeah <laughs> um so one of the ones that was given to me was 1992's the cat oh nice um, oh speaking yeah. of hong kong movies <laughs> exactly um and so that's from the director obviously of story Ricky, Ricky, yeah. the seventh curse the peacock king um i think they were the co-director of saga of the phoenix uh um, yeah, i think they directed the first one and that's the second one is probably like a yumbiao um co-directed movie I yeah feel. i think they they yeah they did it with somebody something else. like that yeah, yeah. ghost snatchers um, did it as well i still really... need to see ghost snatchers yeah, that's so much fun <laughs> uh but yeah so lam nai Choi. yeah i have been meaning to see the cat i've heard about it so many times over the years i know mm -hmm. that i think kevin on um viva physical media has brought yeah. it up before i think it's come up on that show a number of times yeah 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 he, he watches a lot of hong kong movies too i feel yeah, and so I've just been like meaning to get to it, meaning to get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a cult movie. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Exactly. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, even in Hong Kong cinema, it, like uh, Lan Nai Choi's movies stand on their own almost. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you don't find a lot of stuff like that. Like it's not martial arts and it's not like straight horror, mm -hmm. you know. It's, uh, it's also not like Rikkyo. Like Riccio, so exaggerated and a real comic yeah. book of a movie, and the rest of his movies aren't that exaggerated, but they still are just like a unique flavor of Hong Kong cinema, yeah. which makes it so cool. It's it's almost like yeah, because like Peacock King and Saga mm -hmm. of the Phoenix is very like fantasy and like kind of wild, yeah, yeah. and and then there's like you said like Ghost Snatchers, which I've seen clips from, and it's yeah. very like it's kind of like comedic and and silly right and yeah yeah for sure effects, obviously and then uh, i've i know that i've seen you log stuff like her vengeance i think or men from the gutter where it's like these look a little bit more harder edged <laughs> yeah definitely grittier um her vengeance is a really good like uh you know it's not my favorite subgenre like the rape revenge stuff but the her yeah. vengeance is a, is a really good one yeah so so the cat if you've never heard of it you know put simply is a movie about a cat from outer space um and like this um old man and and young girl that like are it's kind of like keepers or something and then mm -hmm. there's this alien that is possessing people pod people style or the thing style yeah and they are gonna fight it and this guy kind of gets wrapped up in the middle of it um 
and and like other movies from this director um it has just wild special effects scenes and just mm-hmm. ridiculous uh comedy and it's just really really super entertaining it's a like for the first like 45 minutes it has a little bit of a kind of stop start feeling and yeah. you're like i know this is supposed to be crazy it's gonna pop off and then when it does yeah. it's like like i still enjoyed the first 45 minutes but i could see somebody being like i'm waiting around for the end or whatever <laughs> but i i loved i loved it yeah i um, think you also because of the fact that a lot of people have seen it by now you know like people in certain circles who are like really into that kind of like b movie yeah. cults bullshit they will hype you up to see the cat and yeah because because they know like the entire package they know the full package mm-hmm. like from start to finish and they know everything that happens but then there's definitely some rating around until the crazy kicks in but um, it's still like i found that the first chunk of the movie is still interesting and it had almost a kind of like i don't know not steven spielberg but a kind of like blockbuster sort of like like there's in like there's intrigue of like what were they doing in this apartment yeah. with this cat and like yeah. you're, you're kind of there's like a little bit of like mystery and it feels kind of like that big big budget like intrigue of a of a weird horror movie and then it and then it kicks into like over the top cult movie and like yeah. and then it's like really fun yeah for sure uh that movie goes buck wild by the end <laughs> yeah and <laughs> and there's like a fight between the cat and a dog and that ca- is just like amazing <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it, it's all fake bullshit yeah so, like people who are, are worried about seeing like an actual cat having They're, to fight yeah, the like dog puppets <laughs> it, yeah it's very obviously fake but that and, makes yeah. it better obviously yeah like i don't want convincing effects um like lifelike effects yeah. i will say yeah um, they basically are like wire fighting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 like what other movie gives you that like the Hong yeah. Kong wire fighting but it's a cat and a dog in the junkyard <laughs> yeah yeah, I saw that movie last year at the Oscarine Festival. Um, it was part of their like Hong Kong Category 3 and oh. other uh, modules. So I saw it on the big screen. It wasn't like the most HD version, okay. but it was still pretty good. Yeah. Like on the big screen, it looked good. Just, mm. not, you know, like, I don't know, 4K remastered or whatever. Yeah. That was, uh, Blu-ray when? Yeah, it really needs to happen. Like, 88 Films has now put out Seven Curse, Story of Ricky, uh, Erotic Ghost Story. I think that's it uh, up to this point. I know, like, Saga of the Phoenix, Hong Kong Legends put that out at one point, and now that DVD is, like, hopelessly mm. just, like, overpriced if, if you even come across it. Um Oh, so, let's get a box set going to this of what's left. Like, let's get a, yeah. a Peacock King, Saga of the Phoenix, Ghost yeah. Snatchers, The Cat. Yeah. I mean, they're putting, <laughs> they're putting out so much Hong Kong stuff in general, like Eureka and 88 in particular. And because um, you've already got like three movies by that director and and what's left, there's still some really good stuff there. Like it'd be a shame if that never hits like Blu-ray, 4K, whatever, you know, like a, those all need like fancy editions because there's yeah. hardly a miss in his filmography. Like he, he didn't direct a lot. Like he got started at Shaw brothers, uh, doing like, I believe director of photography or something. Mm. I don't quite re- remember, but then he, he got his shot, like directing his own stuff and called it quits pretty early on. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to say that story of Ricky was his last movie, mm. which is like, um, if it's not true, that's probably like I don't uh, 
have I think to... the cat the uh the story later? Ricky was ninety one and cat was ninety two. Oh cat was okay, and then the cat was ninety two. I was yeah. gonna say like if Story of Ricky is your last movie, that's like you know, boom, know. Mi mic drop, like feast on that for you know the rest <laughs> of eternity. <laughs> totally. But even the cats, you know, uh th that's not a movie where you're like, okay, this director is obviously on the way out. Yeah, no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. That's yeah, so maybe watch part the cat. of it, it. Maybe part of it is just like the Hong Kong movie decline. I want to say, but ninety two is too early for that. Yeah, like, like the the handover was ninety seven, and it's at that point where you see the decline hmm. um, in in Hong Kong cinema output. Yeah, I wonder. That's that's way too early for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it well the cat rules. So yep. if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, check out every Lam Nai Choi movie you can get your hands on. Yeah, basically. I'm gonna uh, have to like do more. A, a, I believe there's like a dozen. Yeah, um, I still haven't seen Erotic Ghost Story, even though I have the physical edition, because I was like. Uh, it's a Lam Nai Choi movie on a fancy Blu-ray. I'm mm -hmm. not, not gonna buy that. So <laughs> I did, but I haven't watched it yet. What's the what's the the general vibe on that? Do people like it or? Um, I think the consensus is that it's not his best movie. Like okay. it's definitely, um, you know, the movie that the title sort of represents. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's Chinese ghost story, but with nudity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 hard to say without having seen it. I don't want to say okay. stuff well, that totally. I disagree with later on, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the consensus isn't. Um, I guess it hasn't convinced me yet to be like, okay, this is top of the list priority wise. Yeah. But I will get around to it. Of course. Yeah. Well, I I still honestly I haven't seen Seven Curse. Oh shit! That's yeah. got to be my next one. But I really I really have been putting off Ghost Snatchers because I know it's like mm -hmm. a great one. It's from like the clips I've seen. It seems like a great one for mm -hmm. Halloween. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's like a Ghostbusters thing yeah. in the building with stupid, silly ass <laughs> ghosts that show up like puppets. Like there's yeah. a TV ghost and that's just it's literally like a TV <laughs> set with legs. So that's it's like a, a TV set walking around. There's like a Mahjong ghost, which is this kind of gremlin with a long snout <laughs> thing. And it's very Amazing. like a vibey movie as well. Yeah. You know, like uh, late at night at the building, lightning and ghost shenanigans. And then they <laughs> descend into hell and there's like skeletons poking holes in guys' yeah. feet and bullshit like that, you know? <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. Well, uh, what what else for you now that I've done talking? I'm done talking about the cat. <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, I've been watching more stuff in preparation for the film festival as well. Like, uh, possibility uh, george eastman might come i rewatched hands of steel because Ooh. yeah they mentioned hands of steel as like because we're gonna do a robot module that's for sure and mm -hmm. then the other thing is there's a recently released uh joe d'amato documentary that they're gonna show at the festival and joe d'amato isn't around anymore so mm. we can't have him as a guest but george eastman is still around so we're trying to get him to come if that works out and then focus on movies uh like basically collaborations um handsome steel isn't one of those that's not a joe d'amato had nothing to do with that but george yeah. eastman is like pretty uh prominently featured in it as one of the bad guys yeah. um 
and because of the link with the robot module, I was like, okay. Um, totally cyborg, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so someone brought it up and I was like, yeah, I remember Hands of Steel being okay. I don't know if it's like the best in the post-apocalyptic Italian cinema thing, but even like the bar is kind of low with yeah. those. Like I really like post-apocalyptic Italian cinema movies, but the bar is a little bit low. Um, I know. Like, so, so, so we we have been watching a bunch of those move kinds of movies in the Time Bandit screenings, and oh, yeah. whenever we pick one based off the poster, I'm always like, <laughs> "Is this going to be the most boring movie ever made, or a good movie?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be both for sure. Um, but no, Hands of Steel is a pretty good one. Like it's it was better than I remembered. There, there's some lulls in there, but really good Claudio Simonetti soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, what's his name? Daniel Green as mm -hmm. the Terminator guy. Um, George Eastman as the Spaniard. A more yeah. convincing Spaniard than Sean Connery and Highlander, for sure. Totally. <laughs> I, I I think I can sell this movie to listeners in with two, two scenes. Do it. So the movie's about um, a cyborg. It also features a bunch of arm wrestling. Yep. So one of the things that would sell this to people is that you would think, okay, if you lose the arm wrestling match, maybe you're going to die or like something yeah, yeah. really like bad is going to happen. You're going to get captured. But they have this setup where it's like if you lose, you get bit by a snake, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is on, in itself hilarious. <laughs> but there's another scene where um, the Daniel Green guy is a cyborg and he's like going to, you know, he's he's going to agree to do a uh, an arm wrestle with a dude. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just saying, like, I will arm wrestle you, he writes, you're on, on a piece of countertop, smashes it to break it off, and then tosses it at the guy's head. <laughs> that seems so... <laughs> Instead like, of just being like, you're yeah, on. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that is really... Uh, just what were they thinking, you know? It's obviously... Yeah fucking geniuses those um, those are the two i think those are my both of those scenes were just like my review on letterbox was like this happened in this movie this three happened, and a half yeah. stars yeah and also it's a pretty good movie yeah <laughs> but yeah that shit is in there yeah um yeah hands of steel pretty good i i i don't know if it makes it into the festival because we've going with like limited amount of movies to uh devote to like the eastman damato module yeah and again like i said it's not a damato movie you have nothing to do with it <laughs> um, but because of the robot link it might be like a backup title for in case like one of the robot movies is a no-go for some mm -hmm. reason um so i'm hoping for that um but yeah it was better than i remembered because someone brought it up at a meeting and they were like yeah hands of steel i'm like yeah i remember mm -hmm. that being okay but yeah. now i kind of have i'm like no that's definitely a movie you could do uh yeah for both reasons like robot eastman it's yeah perfect. and and it's like above average for that kind of schlock like it's, oh yeah for sure it's yeah, mostly yeah, yeah. entertaining and a crowd would probably walk away being like that was a fun silly movie <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because yeah. you know joe d'amato he did some post-apocalyptic uh, italian cinema as well like he did uh, endgame um mm -hmm. which also has george eastman and he did 2020 texas gladiators i th yes. think eastman is also in that uh, I haven't seen the 2020 Texas Gladiators. Um, everyone seems to say that Endgame is the better one. I watched Endgame, and for me, it was, like, fine. <laughs> mm. Like, I had probably just watched uh, The New Barbarians, yeah. which is, that's my number one. That's that is a fun the movie. best 
Italian post-apocalyptic cinema <laughs> movie and has a super memorable George Eastman uh, role in it. Um, but that that is not going to happen uh, this year at the Oscar Festival. We were talking about it and um, like I already told you, like the director was like, well, I'm in contact with Fred Williamson, so we might mm. be able to do it if he can come over i'm like uh <laughs> fuck yes yeah <laughs> so then i was like you know i've been meaning to watch more fred williamson movies um, yeah and then i told you and we we're like are we both gonna watch fred yeah, williamson i got movies? i got some blind spots i'll watch a, uh, yeah. a couple of those yeah it, it, i i grabbed a lot like fred williamson wise it might be painful in parts but i don't care like fred williamson just has a lot of like i don't know just swagger to him, um, which makes him like, uh, especially within black exploitation, maybe like my favorite actor. Yeah. So, um, and even outside of like you know stuff like Vigilante, mm-hmm. it's such a fucking great movie with him. Um, oh man, Vigilante! I almost put that on the other day because I've been meaning to rewatch it, but I love that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a very long time myself, but I was I was kind of blown away when I watched it. Uh, yeah, even in terms of like William Lustig, he has a, uh, again not that many movies, but Vigilante is probably the best one. Oh, it's so it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean the cast as well, like just like Robert Forrester and and Fred yeah. Williamson. That, that, those are like two of my favorite uh, people in movies. So yeah, I um, still like vividly remember there's a part in the opening chunk of that movie when a bunch of people are getting like murdered because it's about vigilantes yeah. and they're trying to stop these murders and they like just annihilate a kid <laughs> with a shotgun. And it was like, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this movie's crazy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Good yeah. movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah i i think that's a movie for me as well that i came pretty late to but like early letterbox and i've been on letterbox now for 10 years which is yeah. kind of crazy um or it was like a pretty early discovery uh for me um and i i think it's been like probably not 10 years but close to 10 years since i've seen it so, yeah yeah i think i i think that movie might i might have saw it on like a blue underground dvd maybe mm-hmm. or something yeah yeah um i have the blue underground uh blu-ray yeah um, yeah about time for a rewatch but that's the thing as well like you you always want to watch prefer to watch or discover new movies but sometimes you just gotta like rewatch stuff yeah and the, the more you watch the more you like the more you're like yeah i don't know putting off rewatches and because there's so much that you could go back to and it's just not yeah. happening and there's also other life stuff and <laughs> fucking hell. totally <laughs> um, uh well do you want to get into questions now or do you want one more recommendation do you have us? another recommendation or do you want one for me or like do you want do you do you have another one that you could do um do you want I mean, to do pretty... like I, I I did recently finally watch an Ultraman. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's like a cruddy recommendation. It's a pretty big title, but I don't know how many people. Um, yeah, weigh in on it. So Shin Godzilla came out, and mm-hmm. I think like Godzilla is more in the general zeitgeist of the world, mm-hmm. you know. And Ultraman, not so much. I feel. Yeah. 
So I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like how many people are excited other than, you know, nerds like me um, to see the new Shin Ultraman, maybe based on the fact that it's part of the Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, Shin Kamen Rider, which is mm. coming out this year of like this new trilogy of tokusatsu based on old uh, properties that basically Hideaki Anno, who directed Shin Godzilla and who's going to direct uh, Shin Kamen Rider and who produced Shin Ultraman, but like one of his best friends, Shinji Higuchi and like collaborators, he directed Shin Ultraman. So Hideaki Anno is just a producer of Shin Ultraman, but it's mm-hmm. that team making those movies. Most people will know Hideaki Anno from before Shin Godzilla. He's like the Evangelion guy, you know? Yeah. He's the guy behind that. Um and yeah i guess based on that people will be interested in shin ultraman but how many people grew up watching like an like an old ultraman series or yeah i know like the the distribution or like localization in terms of ultraman uh was kind of a, a complicated story more so than godzilla and i think it's also just harder because like godzilla they were all like standalone movies uh and the original is such a you know groundbreaking uh yeah classic whereas with ultraman it's like okay if you want to get into ultraman here's a tv show and i don't know about the localization well no yeah. it's fine you know you can buy blu-rays and it's everything is perfect now but for a long time it was like a really uh rocky road in terms of ultraman um i i don't think i was very aware of ultraman until I don't know, like maybe a decade ago ish or something. Like it, it just didn't get over here. Meanwhile, Godzilla is, even if you are not aware of how many movies there are, you know Godzilla as a cultural icon. Like people know E.T. or, you know, um, or Totoro, uh, that level of, of course, those characters are, you know, but Godzilla most of all. But Ultraman, it's not, it's, yeah. It's just a little bit different. Yeah. But all that said, I really liked Shin Ultraman. Um, nice. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just like I had a lot of expectations going into it because I've really gotten into Ultraman stuff over the past year and 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 everything. Uh, I've seen enough of the like Golden Age, like the 60s, 70s show to have the context, to see yeah. the stuff. You know, I watched an Ultraman. I'm like, okay, this came from that. And that came not from Ultraman, but more from Ultra Q, which is like the precursor Twilight Zone um, series that eventually led into Ultraman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a unique movie. It almost feels like a mini series because every, like, I think the movie is like two hours ish. And I feel like there's like, it, it, it almost feels like four episodes strung yeah. together somehow. <laughs> um, I didn't mind that because for me, it makes sense for Ultraman to have more of an episodic nature, but people who are expecting more of a movie movie, you know, with mm. three acts that, that makes sense in the way that most movies, you know, work. Um, it might feel a little bit weird to them um i've definitely seen like reviews like that people were like yeah i don't know about the structure of this movie yeah um but for me it was fine i didn't have problems with that uh it was weird in a way that 
Ultraman is supposed to be weird and it was very kinetic, like the action and the UCG, like the 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 monsters and Ultraman himself. There, it's all computer graphics, but computer graphics made to look like it's someone in a rubber suit. Which oh, is, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool, but it's it's kind of strange. Um, but I guess that works best for what they try to accomplish in terms of the action, like making that action work with actual people in suits would have actually been impossible because they yeah. do some crazy shit with the characters <laughs> in Shin Ultraman. Um, uh, but yeah, also like the, the human characters or like the, the, the human that doubles for Ultraman um, uh, and the main female actress as well. Very charming, both of them. Um, has yeah like i said it has this weird sense of humor to it that really really worked for me and the aliens are really cool and yeah i don't know i, I definitely nice. recommend checking out chill ultraman um i would love to hear from more people who watch it who go in like blind like who are not very familiar with the world and the tropes and the monsters yeah. of ultraman um so that's that's a, a perspective i don't have anymore so you know um if it's like enjoyable enough without that stuff but it's getting like really pretty good reviews and a lot of people are going out to see, well in japan it's a huge huge hit um but i'm curious like how it is going to play outside of japan like like i said most of the ultraman series are all all on blu-ray or dvd or whatever and yeah. uh from um, milk creek so it's not hard anymore to get yeah. your hands on good Ultraman. And even the official Ultraman YouTube channel has so much good has, stuff. Yeah. Nice. But you still have to go looking for it, you know? <laughs> like it's not gonna fall in your lap. You're not gonna like <laughs> if people people don't really do that anymore. You just, you know, like channel surfing, oh Ultraman is on. You know, that's yeah. not gonna happen. You still have to go <laughs> look for it yourself. It's not on Netflix, but it is on like Shout Factory streaming or something and stuff, uh, on the YouTube and everything. Mm. So if like you're probably online going to come across some Ultraman stuff and that might pique your interest and that might lead you to rabbit holes. Kind of like what happened with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I was uh, following Joey, uh, who we're going to have on the podcast soon. Yeah. Um, on Twitter and the letterbox. And he's like posting on Twitter about Ultraman. And I, I started DM thread. I'm like, yeah, I'm interested in this, but I I know next to nothing about Ultraman. Yeah. Even though, like, I'm like very into like Japanese uh, pop culture and and well, to a degree, um, but it felt like significant and in terms of like Japanese pop culture history that I was just like, I feel like I need to know more about this. And then he helped, mm -hmm. sort of helped me along the way. He was like, yeah, Ultra Seven, and then that led me to other stuff and all that. Um, so, but but nice. I'm the kind of I'm just the kind of person who does that. Like I go into rabbit holes of stuff that <laughs> not maybe not a lot of people know about. <laughs> um, but yeah, Shin Ultraman, right. I say, check it out. Nice. Okay, so Morgan Stewart's coming that. home. <laughs> uh, what was that hentai superhero movie name? Hentai Common Two. Uh, hentai yeah. Common Two. The Cat, Hands of Steel, Shin Ultraman. Some good stuff some cruddy stamp of quality yep let's let's get to calls from the public call, 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 call. 
as mentioned, go to credbuddies.club. There's a Discord link there. You can get into our channel. You can ask us questions. Uh, speaking of Godzilla, hmm. uh, SK Jam says Godzilla started as a horrific menace and eventually became a friendly menace with many slipbacks. Are there any American horror franchises where the monster becomes a sort of good guy? Um, and hmm. we got one response from somebody in there already. Jay Merlick, a.k.a. Scope Dog, says Jason and Freddy v. Jason. Um, yeah, I yeah. guess you sort of more root for Jason than Freddy in that one. I don't know if he's he becomes like, you know, Godzilla becomes like very... Um, yeah, like Almost good. more like Gamera, like a friend to yeah. children and a savior of Earth and whatever. Not, mm -hmm. not to that degree. That doesn't happen with Jason, but, but you yeah, sort of more yeah. are supposed to root for him. Trying as to a... stop Freddy's evil plan or whatever, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is kind of funny because, like, if you look at the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, movies, Freddy doesn't become friendly, yeah. but he becomes more cartoonified. For sure. Way, way more than Jason does yeah. in those movies. So yeah. that that's an aspect to it, but he's still evil. I was thinking, I think in one of the Predator movies, the, the Predator becomes like in one of the Predators versus Aliens, it kind of becomes the like gooder yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the, the first Alien versus Predator, I believe, yeah. Paul W.S. Anderson directed one, the, the Predator teams up with the main with character. The main character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's not a franchise, but um, the movie Star Crystal has a thing where at the end of the movie, <laughs> the bad guy isn't bad anymore in a really good way. I don't um, remember that. Yeah. They end up playing space chess with the alien blob. I do remember that. But the alien, you're not talking about the alien who's like, is first bad and then becomes good. Yeah, kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. And it's not a franchise, but the monster becomes no. kind of a good guy at the end of the movie. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I don't know about the like horror franchises. Yeah. That much totally. of a shift, you know, like all of them, like even the Chucky movies they they sort of become more uh yeah more of like a character that you're following along but not in a good guy way <laughs> yeah it's funny that you say good guy because chucky yeah. <laughs> but um no with chucky i think it's more like chucky becomes more and more the main character of those mm -hmm. movies and yeah if you compare it to like the first three definitely yeah. like in bride of chucky it's more like yeah, Chucky's the main character. Chucky and Tiffany yeah. are the main characters. And then it, it sort of keeps that, um, mm -hmm. I feel. But then, Definitely. yeah, th then the, the Nika character gets introduced. And then the, that's someone who sticks around in that series. And you're more mm -hmm. rooting for her, I guess. But maybe, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting yeah. how those franchises sort of evolve into, yeah. um, you know, that shit, it can't stay scary. Yeah. So, you know. You got to totally. do something with it. You got to do something. <laughs> uh, speaking of horror franchise, uh, Vieras Tallow says, with 2022 being a year of horror franchises going streaming with Hellraiser, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Prey, which all hit streaming services, do you feel like this lower stakes environment will be a better fit for franchises that always have big expectations when they get theatrical runs? Hmm. And my first thought is, I think that the the expectations I don't think the expectations of those movies are going to change so much because of where they're landing whether in theatrical or streaming. I think they they get the expectations because of the fact that they're those franchises. Yeah. And I honestly think 
egg, the expectations are low. Yeah. When no, you see true. there's a new Hellraiser movie, and you're, you're like, like, well, a lot of Hellraiser movies suck. <laughs> yeah. So the only way is up almost. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and from what I heard, the, this is like one of the first ones where it's actually up. <laughs> yeah. See, people seem to think it was pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, the it's same... still divisive, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. Like you know. Prey, I think, was similar where it was like there was a bunch of not great Predator movies. And then this was yeah. like, oh, cool. Like they made a change. They took yeah, a swing yeah. and it worked. Maybe um, the, the stakes thing is more like uh, for the people funding those movies mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, even if it's not a huge hit, hit or whatever, yeah. it's just, I don't know, it's just dumped on streaming. You know, mm-hmm. it'll, I don't know. Um I guess the financial thing of it just looks different in that environment. Yeah. You know? I would be interested to know about more of that kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, cause I mean, really, how are you going to understand if a movie performed on a streaming service? Basically you're looking at like, did people watch the movie? How much yeah. percentage of the movie did they watch? Did they stop yeah, yeah. watching? <laughs> or I guess the only other thing you could look at is like, did we get some more subscriptions, you know, based on this landing on that service? Maybe I guess you could probably do some kind of a thing, but yeah, it's interesting to like make a movie and then throw it on a streaming service. And you're like, I mean, I hope it, I hope it like maybe this generates just like, us income somehow. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, I really wonder about like the direct correlation between like a certain movie being released and how does that, you know, yeah. um, financially, reflect mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. really yeah i don't know I mean, I guess obviously you... they're not transparent about that yeah like i mean i guess if netflix is like hey or whatever whatever platform is like hey like nobody watched this or people watched like the first half hour and stopped watching and then mm-hmm. they'd be like it was a failure i guess yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah I, I that's think the it... thing though if in a, if you throw a movie in the theatrical run like mm-hmm people don't walk out. I mean, I guess people do walk out, but you already got their money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it got sold. So, you know, that's, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, it's very different, but yeah, I don't know. Like the whole like streaming environment, it, it, in a sense, it does feel better in terms of maybe more mid or low budget stuff gets yeah. made still. And hopefully meanwhile, theatrically, like, uh, uh, how long has Hellraiser been, for example, direct to TV or yeah, video for a, or while. For a <laughs> very long time? But now this new one, it, it didn't come out in theaters, did it? It was I don't just think like, so. No, it okay. just went straight to Hulu or something. It, okay, it went straight to streaming, but that does feel at least a bit more substantial than I don't know, like the whole direct to TV thing. Like I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mind it. It's, it's, it's fine. It's whatever. I watched a lot of TV, TV movies, made for TV yeah. stuff. I don't care. Uh, directed to, to video bullshit. Yeah. Um, but there was more of a stink to that kind of thing. Yeah. Before. Meanwhile, if stuff isn't dropped on Netflix and Hulu, that it's normal now. It doesn't yeah. matter. People don't pull, you know, pull up their nose for that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I this is a little outside of the question, but I would hope that the fact that these, these franchises were hitting streaming, Mm. um, I would hope that it would mean that they would take a little bit, some more chances, like make some more of them, like make another like Hellraiser spinoff or something, or like make a, you know, make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That is like something different or, or just, I don't know, like, 
I, it's interesting that we're not seeing these things getting made at the at the rate that they were when it was direct video where it was like oh, yeah, every like, two you years know, we're gonna get a hellraiser fucking movie and it's gonna... yeah or, or here's like two dark man movies that no one yeah. asked for <laughs> <laughs> like i kind of almost want to see what that would be like in streaming like oh another predator movie next year i guess okay what's this one gonna be <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 they did that stuff with like uh non like those fear street movies yeah those got like released like really shortly after each other yeah. and that's not a franchise but maybe that's a new franchise totally and 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 I, they got me like hook line and sinker i watched yeah. the first one and i was like this was okay i don't love it but i'm gonna watch these other two and see what they're about yeah <laughs> yeah aren't they all like kind of short as well uh, they're movie length i don't know if they're two hours oh, okay. but i think they're an hour and a half at least yeah Man, hour and a half these days yeah. is fucking short for a movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a blessing if i see like a movie is like an hour and 40 minutes i'm like oh man that's that's gonna be a breeze and yeah. you know <laughs> um okay so stepping out of the horror questions joey any good valentine's crud we all love mm. pretty action and monsters and stuff but where does romance fall in the realm of the crud yeah, 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 and I I pulled up a bunch of uh, cruddy or not so cruddy recommendations. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like cruddy romance movies, that's almost like it's it's a contradiction a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I. Think, what do you got? I think my, I basically went to like maybe slightly lesser disgust obscure. or uh, yeah. obscure. Okay, like okay. one of the first ones that came to my mind was the movie Nobody's Fool from 1986, which is oh, a yeah. Eric Roberts, Rosanna mm -hmm. Arquette. I still need to see that romantic comedy. That was I like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And then so, stuff like Crossing Delancey from yeah, I have that one as well. <laughs> That's such a good like kind of in, for you know, sure a little bit under the radar kind of movie. Yeah, it's very uh, it's a very down to earth romantic feel good yeah. comedy. Like it's not like melodramatic or anything. Mm -hmm. Like uh, yeah, that's that's a really good good show. Um. I, this is the one that I think that you weren't a big fan of, but um, the director of Halloween 2, Mark Rosenthal, that's the director. Oh, Rick, no, it's not Rick, the director. Rick Rosenthal? Oh. oh, I was thinking, I guess, are they brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I saw Rosenthal and I was like, oh, that's the director of, uh, but it's not, you're right. But uh, The In Crowd 1988, which is like a... Uh, is that like a romance a, movie? It's like an 80s dance. It's a dance movie, kind, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, but there's like romance, like mm. teen romance in it mm. and stuff. It's like, okay. and it's charming. Um, I don't yeah, really... Right. In my mind, that is not like a romantic movie. It's just like a, a music movie, you know, a dance movie. But, uh, but what if... What, I don't know. Well, if I mean, you it watch, can be like, both, but just in my mind, it's that way. <laughs> is, is like Footloose a movie where he like finds a girlfriend or something? I don't know. Would that be yeah, a Yeah, but there's a lot of movie? movies I like that. I feel uh, like the main thing has to be the romance, but the thing also with Footloose that I, that I think about yeah. is the dancing. and uh, Okay. I mean, it's music slash romance on that's where i was on the genre tags okay yeah sure yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's your truth your truth my yeah. mind mine's, mine's a bit different but okay um yeah i have a bunch of like more i guess like obviously obvious stuff is like stuff like the apartment um what's let's, let's see what else like starman is a very romantic movie i feel um, yeah what else i got oh yeah there's this uh japanese movie called two in the shadow 
directed by Mikio Naruse. Um, he did another movie called Yearning that I watched. Like both of those movies are like tragically romantic, um, real gut punches, you know, mm -hmm. um, super, super good. I wouldn't call it crud, <laughs> but I guess like even a movie like Two in the Shadow only has like 3K logs on Letterboxd, which I don't know, for mm -hmm. a, a director like Mikio Naruse is a pretty big name in Japanese cinema. Um, it still feels kind of low. Um, let's see what else. Uh, History is Made at Night is a really good like 1930s uh, romantic movie nice. with Gene Arthur. Um, Jenna, I, th I think Jenna put that in her like top something list. I feel like she mentioned that recently somewhere, some in a list. I'm, I'm I don't don't really remember. I know she's seen it. And she she liked that one a lot as well. Um, I uh, one of the movies that we talked about for the Martin Short uh doc uh not documentary episode of our show, Cross My the, Heart from 1987. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah. I liked that movie. I thought it was. Yeah cute and charming and pretty pretty funny yeah that's definitely a romantic movie no no argument there that's that's yeah uh, in the first place a romantic movie for sure I, yeah i thought I, that was was pretty all right yeah i also i wanted to mention this one but it's maybe it's it's maybe the one of the bigger movies it's got hmm. like thirteen thousand views okay but uh dog fight with yeah, River Phoenix also, and the Lily Taylor. That's such a good movie. Yeah, that's a super good movie i also wanted to mention that one but i'm, I'm actually also surprised it has like thirteen thousand yeah. views at this point on letterbox i guess more people have discovered it mm -hmm. um, yeah that's that's just a really good do movie. if a movie's a coming of age movie do you think it would count would angus count i also thought about angus because angus definitely has like maybe not a, a it's it, got a like he wants a like a relationship it's like yeah, got yeah. a romantic a aspect to it Angus is a super good movie, and I just I just want to allow it based on the fact that it's a super good movie, and it's a very yeah. sweet, sweet, heartfelt movie. Oh, one of the greats. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Um, totally. Yeah. What else? I, got? I there's a bunch of like um, Neil Simon uh, mm. written or Neil Simon yeah like you think movies. A goodbye Girl. The Goodbye Girl for sure. That's a super good movie. Um, there's also this movie. Um, with Goldie Hawn called uh, Butterflies Are Free from 1972, oh. which is still very under the radar, I feel. And it's it's not a Neil Simon, like uh, he had nothing to do with this movie, but it feels like one of those, you know, like adapted yeah. from a play, um, very sweet, funny, really, really good performances um, in that one. Um, a Touch of Glass is one I really liked as well with George Siegel and glenda jackson i gotta see that one yeah yeah it's it's also still pretty i don't know like 2k people have watched it uh i think like the my most i have a really really uh, obscure one that is definitely like if crud means in the meaning of obscure this one definitely counts like no one else that i know in letterbox has seen it it's a movie starring amy irving um Michael Onkeen is in it as well. Uh, people might know him as the sheriff from Twin Peaks. Uh, Alex, Alex Rocco. Uh, it's a movie called Voices from 1979, um, hmm. which is uh, Amy Irving plays a, a deaf girl in it. And she wants to be a dancer. Uh, Michael Onkeen, on the other hand, he's like a, like a nightclub singer. 
and they fall in love. There's like a romance, but it's complicated because he doesn't really know how to, what's the best approach because she's deaf and she's insecure because of that and everything. And this is a very sweet movie. Like it, it really touched me. And by the end, I was kind of like choking up a little bit because their relationship is just very, nice. you know, he can be kind of a dumbass and she's just really, I think Amy Irving is a really underrated actress nice. in general. Um, but yeah, that movie has like 86 views on Letterboxd. Oh, that, that is super like, oh, no one I'll is watching it to my this watch shit. list. Yeah you, yeah. you should, you should check it out. It's, uh, that's like my number one recommendation, I guess, in terms of, cause it's okay. so, f- so obscure, you know? Yeah. So yeah, Voices from 1979, directed by Robert Markowitz. Nice. All right. There's your Valentine crud, Joey. Yep. You got a lot to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Otherwise, that's it for the episode. Uh, You can find us at backdashrow.com. There was an article that just went up by me that has a bunch of movies I watched in 2022 for the first time and enjoyed so you can go check that out. Uh, you can follow us on Letterboxd and Twitter. It's in the uh, the description of the episode. It's YCKMD underscore for me on both. And Carlo, where can people find you? Psychopike on Letterboxd. Uh, yes. Or I guess you can search Carlo V. Yeah. I will probably come up as well. That's nice. the main thing. All right. Otherwise, we will see you next time. See you later, alligator. Bye. Bye. Only Patreons get to see the dancing. (laughs) Only I may dance.